Welcome back to the For Where You Are podcast brought to you by Chapel Street Church. My name is Joe Scavato, and today we are talking about the Acts 2 Church and the Pathway to Purpose. Today I'm joined by Jeff Frazier. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Joe. Two weeks in a row. It's good to be back. <laughs> and back on the podcast. Wait, hang on. Back on the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Joe. It's Andrew Griffiths. Hi, Andrew. Right. How's it going, man? Welcome back to the podcast, Andrew. We should probably explain to the listeners uh, who don't know why the coyote sounds. Andrew is is the one coyote man. That's yes. right. We dis- I think maybe episode one, we, we discussed Andrew's merits on? fighting a coyote. I got to say, over the summer, during our wonderful summer break, I took my family to the Cosley Zoo. Oh, yeah. And we saw a coyote. Yeah. And I've got the coyote. It just, there's no way that you could take it. No, that's, that is the exactly, I went to that same zoo and that was the day I decided that animal is not scary. Well, maybe not a captive domesticated coyote. Yeah, there's no chance. What in the wild? I don't know. I could take many of the animals in Cusley Zoo. <laughs> and we're already off the rails. Let's bring it back. Hey, it's good to see you guys. And we now are, I'm thinking uh, about Andrew fighting animals in Cusley Zoo. <laughs> okay. We uh, kicked off a new sermon series this we did. past that's weekend. Right. Good time. Uh, the pathway to purpose. Yeah. I still like that name a lot. I know yeah. I said it on the last podcast. I don't know why. Just the the two P's, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you guys were both preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a, a special uh, story mm-hmm. video as well. We're going to talk about it all. Great story. Yeah. Jeff, do you want to kick us off and remind us of what we heard about two days ago now? Yes, that's right. This is Tuesday. Hope everyone had a happy Labor Day. Um, yeah, so the, the kickoff of the series, Pathway to Purpose. The idea behind the series is over the next three weeks now, but four weeks in total, we're going to look at the purpose of the church and your purpose within it. So what does the church exist for? Uh, and and what does it mean to be, to be part of it as an individual? Uh, to live the life that God has called us to as part of his body, the body of Christ on earth. Uh, so this week we took to, uh, the probably the most famous little snapshot or vignette of the church mm-hmm. from Acts chapter 2. And I think I've, I've preached on this almost annually for the last several years, but mm. it's so important. It's a great tradition. Yeah, and it's so important to remind us of what it is, because I think there's a, the current of our culture is running away from the purpose of God in the church. We think of the church as something we consume, something we attend, a building you know, we drive by, or a service we watch, but that's not at all what the New Testament authors had in mind, and that's not at all what we see in Acts 2. So we, I'm sure we'll get to it in the conversation, but mm-hmm. we were looking at the purpose of the church uh, these, this, this group of believers that were deeply devoted uh, to these things and ultimately to, to the person Jesus Christ. Yeah. Andrew, we're going to jump into a lot more, but anything you want to say just off the top? Any big picture thoughts from this weekend? Yeah, I thought it was really refreshing. And I, I agree with Jeff. It's good to go back to it regularly and just kind of get a reset moment in your mind for what the church is, what God's called us to, because it is such a beautiful vision. It's, it's, it's easy to forget and it's easy to walk away from if you're not kind of keeping it in the forefront of that's right this is who we are this is what we've been called to and it's an mm. incredible thing that God's give this this gift to be a part of so. yeah well let's jump in then uh, yeah. Jeff you mentioned that that idea of of the church being devoted and, and mm-hmm. I know you, you kind of uh, dived into that in the, mm-hmm. in the message and so I, I want to maybe start there of just um, exploring that idea further when we see that the church was devoted to all these things. Mm-hmm. What what's what is meant by that? What does that look like and why is it important that we understand kind of this idea of devotion when it comes to our own yeah. uh relationship with the church and then ultimately with Christ. Well, even the word uh, so in most English translations it's uh, the X2 verse 42 says and they devoted themselves to the apostles mm-hmm. teaching to the fellowship the breaking of bread to the prayers. Um 
but that that word devoted in English it sounds oh she, he's so devoted to her mm-hmm. or they're you know I'm a devoted fan to of the you know Chicago Bears or whatever. Um, the word devoted is, it doesn't quite carry the meaning. The Greek word is proskartereo. It means to be like strong toward continually. Hmm. So the the, the the idea here mm-hmm. is that this group of, of, of followers of Jesus were continually committed to these things yeah. day, day after day. This was their life. This was their pattern of living. This was not a casual, you know, um, you know, allegiance or this was not um, something that they just had an emotional response to something or they, they um, you know, it wasn't a, a gathering of convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing is to understand what the word means. This was a everyday uh, lifestyle of deep commitment to each other and to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, you know, that's, um, and I when we, when we hear that, I think there's two reactions we can have. One is to feel like, oh, how amazing. And the other is to feel like, well, we fall far short of that. Yeah. The, the picture is given to us not to make us feel guilty, but to encourage us. This is what the church is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And what God does through, the remarkable thing is what God does when the that's small right. group of people give themselves to each other and to him. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, uh, Sterling give this message at the Mill Creek campus and he kind of talked about how this is in many ways our, our, uh, in our DNA, kind of our, our origin story of this is, you know, yeah. what the church, uh, mm-hmm. began like, and, and mm-hmm. this is kind of to your yeah. point of an encouragement of, of this right. is what it, it was always meant to look like. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that, Andrew? No, no, I, I think what you mentioned there at the end is important because this, this, their devotion was flowing out of the joy that they got from being with God as God built his church, right? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't, it wasn't, they just thought, oh, let's, let's be better people and, and come together and to fight yeah. social injustice and to fight mm-hmm. all of these different things. They came together because they had been so deeply loved. There was great joy in them saying, I want to yeah. be committed to this every day of my life because this is the, the, the things that God is pouring into me through being a part of this is incredible. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that kind of changes it because it, when you again when you read that word devotion, you can think, okay, I'm I'm obligated to do this. I need to do this. I have to do this. But really, mm-hmm. it's more of a you get to do this. This is an mm-hmm. invitation to be a part of something life transforming, joyful, life giving. Yeah. 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 The reason they were so devoted to Christ is because they were 100 percent convinced that He was devoted to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already, mm-hmm. He'd given His life for them, mm-hmm. so yeah. that. Yeah, Andrew's right. It's not like, oh, I ought to be more devoted. I should work on this. It's more like, oh, this is everything to me. Yeah. yeah. You guys, when you're preaching, kind of walk through and, and probably we could have taken even more time. Mm-hmm. There's so much oh, in, yeah. in this passage of, of what the church looked like and, and yeah. what they did and how they were viewed um, and just kind of their their commitments uh, mm-hmm. that they were living out. Uh, and so I want to look at that kind of maybe at two levels at a, at a macro level of, of mm-hmm. what it teaches us about the church and, and then subsequently our church, our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then we'll talk about it on a micro level as well, mm-hmm. just for us individually, but, but help us understand this maybe more big picture as we look at what the early church did, said and believed yeah. and lived. What does that show us about the purpose of the church and, and kind of what God sees in that. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, Andrew and I can kind of go back and forth on this. Um, the first thing mentioned is the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So what we have to ask, well, what was that? The apostles, of course, were the uh, 12 disciples minus Judas, uh, but the who were the founders, the, the those who were God est- uh, appointed to establish the church as its first leaders. Um, 
And th- what were they teaching? Well, they weren't teaching their opinion. They weren't teaching Greek philosophy. They weren't teaching you know cultural ideas. They were teaching Jesus. Um, now I don't know that the early church had the, what we consider like the thirty-minute sermon on a Sunday morning, <laughs> but every time they gathered, there was instruction going on, pr- proclamation going on, teaching going on about who Jesus was, what his life and teachings were, what his death and resurrection meant, and how that fulfilled all that came before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, John Stott and his uh, his book on preaching talk says that we, because the apostles' teaching has come down to us in the form of the New Testament. What it looks like for us to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching is to commit ourselves to the authority of the New Testament. And the New Testament authors obviously saw the Old Testament as inspired and authoritative. So really it means for us submission to the Word of God. And the central message of the Word of God is Jesus. Everything's either flowing into Jesus or from Jesus mm-hmm. in, the, in the Bible. And so anyway, I probably spent more time on the first one than needed <laughs> was necessary. But yeah. Did they have a three-point sermon at least? Is oh, yeah, and they all were <laughs> Yeah, yep. But I think the, the, the point for us is the church has always only had one message. Yeah. The gospel of Jesus yep. Christ. The apostle, That's what the apostles were teaching. Yeah. And that's what we should be teaching. Yep. Good. Lots of programs, lots of sermons, but really it's one central message that holds it all together. Yeah. And and the reason you kind of get caught up in that point in the sermon, I would imagine, is because that then defines everything else that comes mm-hmm. on. Like when we talk about the other things they were devoted to— yeah. It was because of that message. Right. Yeah. So one of the other things I, I think they were devoted to that's really important for us is, uh, I called it in my seminar, they were devoted to a movement. But what I mean by that is really yeah. what Jeff had said earlier, this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just they had this message, said, isn't this a great story? Like, let's get together regularly and talk about this story. Mm-hmm. They knew that that story pointed towards more for them as people. So they wanted to grow in the knowledge of, okay, how do we now take this story and apply it to our parenting and our careers and our marriages? And they wanted to let that message kind of go out into all of their lives. And so they would get together regularly and share bread, uh, share meals together. They wanted to share life together because they wanted to see this kind of message infiltrate the rest of their life. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't just, you know, maybe you, you could think about it this way. It wasn't just that they were getting together on Sundays to to talk about their shared faith. Yeah. They were meeting throughout the week and saying, hey, right. let's let's dig into this. Let's wrestle through this. Let's encourage one another. Let's carry one another's burdens together. Right. In verse 46, uh, Acts 2, 46 says, so every day in the temple courts and in their homes, mm. they continue to meet together. Um, the, a- the average uh, church attender in America today attends twice a month or less. I know, that's crazy. Now, I know life is busy, and, and there's online options, and that's all good, but we, here we see a description of people that every day are meeting uh, in the temple courts, which is a reference to large group gatherings, so like a worship service, and in their homes, small group gatherings. And we're going to talk about that in the series, We Need Both. Yeah. Um, and so this is, a, this is a daily lifestyle thing, and Andrew is exactly right. That I love that. I think you're right, Andrew. I wish I had said that in the sermon that the gospel message they're devoted to informs everything else. Mm-hmm. So the, the next phrase is to the fellowship, and that sounds that's another funny English word, fellowship. It's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right, to the fellowship <laughs> of the ring. <laughs> Come on, Joe, give me a ding, uh, give me a sound effect for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, but the, the fellowship, the word, Greek word is koinonia, mm. and some of you will know that, it means commonness. Yeah. So their commitment is to this shared life they have together. And it doesn't mean that they are all the same. In fact, quite the opposite. They're from different ethnic backgrounds and language backgrounds. But they've been brought together, as Andrew said, what they share in Christ is what informs everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so we have message, we have movement. It feels like there's another M to be (laughs) discussed. Yeah, I believe there is. 
I yeah, uh, I no last one that I did and and to be fair, it was very difficult this week trying to because there is this passage is loaded with things. Andrew, yeah. I feel like you say that every week though. Yeah. Just it is. Fairness. Well that's what it's the true. Bible's like, isn't it? It's so yeah. rich, that's why you go back again and again. You could preach this message anyway. Yeah. Uh the last one I said was they were devoted to a mission mm-hmm. because uh it, it, it could have been easily true that they received this message for themselves and their families, kind of sat down in that and said, isn't this great for us? Yeah. Isn't this great for our lives? But they saw the message of Jesus and this movement they were experiencing mm-hmm. in their life as something that God wanted them to carry out to all the nations, right? Like that's what Jesus' final words were, go and make disciples of mm-hmm. all nations. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to go out. And they they understood that that meant they, they've got to care about the, the city that they lived in. They've got to care about the community around them. And so they became a people uh, devoted to caring for those around them. Uh, it says in Acts mm-hmm. 2 that uh, they, they were selling all of their possessions and giving away to anyone who had any need. Um, and I quoted this in my sermon. Yeah. I love this little quote from a, There was a Roman emperor called Julian mm-hmm. who, uh, in, a, in a letter that he wrote, basically gets frustrated with Christians because they're doing a better job of taking care of the citizens than the government is. Mm. And so he's writing to this one, and he calls them atheists because they don't believe in the Roman gods. And he's just kind of complaining and saying, man, they, they're not just taking care of their own people, they're taking care of our people too. Yeah. Uh, and what a, what a beautiful vision of the church that is, that we could become so devoted to caring for the world and caring for those around mm-hmm. us and carrying the message of the gospel to them the, the rest of the world looks on and says, man, we want to be more like that because they're doing such a great job. Yeah. The, John Dixon, um, in his book, Bullies and Saints, talks about the four tools that the early church had mm-hmm. to impact the world. We've talked about this before, I believe, in last week on the podcast, maybe, but maybe not. Anyway. Probably. Uh, those four tools were prayer, persuasion, sacrifice, and service, or su- suffering is in, uh, instead of sacrifice. His point is, they did, they weren't people of influence. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have whole positions of power in the culture. They didn't uh, um, protest things and, and start you know organizations. They simply were deeply committed to prayer. And that's one of the things listed in the Acts 2 passage. You're committed to prayer, that God hears and answers prayer, and that he moves. Persuasion, and that, that means engaging the world of ideas with the gospel message, mm. bringing the message into the public sphere. And then... A sacrifice, suffering. They did suffer for the name of Christ and service, as Andrew mentioned. And those those don't sound like much in our culture. If you're going to start a movement today, you wouldn't think, well, I'm going to start with those four things. Yeah, you'd start you'd with think, money and power. Yeah, right. Yeah. People of influence and resources. But that was enough because God was on the move in their midst. Yeah. And I think we have a lot to learn from that uh, today. So, um, And I love the, 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 the line, Day by day, that they enjoy the favor of all the people. Yeah. Favor, yeah. the Greek word is charis for grace, meaning they had they had a favorable reputation. But not if you read the New Testament, not everybody loved the Christians. Many didn't, but they saw the character of their lives and yeah. thought, "Well, I'm not sure I get what they believe, but I'm but I I respect how they live." And I think there's a lot of talk today about the decline of the church in America and Christians' reputation and. Um, religious freedom being under attack and, and all the rest. And there's an argument for all that. But I think for us, we should be asking ourselves, are we using those four tools and, mm, that's really good. In, a, in a healthy way such that even if people don't believe what we believe would say, but yeah, but they're making a difference and I'm glad they're my neighbor. Right. Yeah, anyway. That's really good. And that's a good uh, lead-in to... Well, kind you're of the, welcome. <laughs> see, we're, we're a finely tuned machine. Is there a sound effect for that? Episode two. Uh, Is there one like, a, I don't know. 
Oh, no, that's not it. That's, not <laughs> that's, that's definitely not, it. not it. We are not a finely tuned machine. Well, it's only we're getting back into the swing of things. <laughs> Joe will get his soundboard figured out. Yeah, I'll, it's a work in progress. Um, but that is a good kind of lead into the the, the micro level of this this uh, passage of what does it mean for me and what does yeah. it mean for us today? Just as we live out a Christian life, um, those mm-hmm. four tools that you mentioned being a great example. But any other things that we can kind of um, take away from it or, or maybe that's what the rest of the series is, is yeah. exploring what does devotion to Christ look like just for me and for my family and for those yeah. that I'm in relationship with. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, I didn't put this in my sermon notes, but I thought of it in, in the moment and shared it. And I think it was effective. Uh, John, to quote John Dixon again, he, he says that... <laughs> Let's um, just get him on the podcast. Yeah, he says, you know, there's, there's to, the, to the average person who's not a Christian, they have kind of two Christianities in their head in terms of their opinions. On the one hand, there's the Christianity that's portrayed in the mainstream media and on news outlets, and that's often angry, um, mm. right-wing, protesting um, against things. But then there's the other Christianity in their head, which is, but yeah, but not my auntie so-and-so, but not my neighbor... They're not. I know them. They're they're kind. That's good. And so there's like this battle of two Christianities: one that's portrayed in the in the culture, and one of the actual person you know. I think for us, if you're asking the practical, let's be the second kind. Yeah. Let's be the neighbor on the street that is different than what they hear on in, in mainstream media news outlets. So that they go, well, yeah, but I but I, but I know the Scavato family. They're amazing. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and um, and, I, and I'm glad they live near me. Yeah, and they're yeah. So that. I think that's the the charge for us. Yeah, that's good. Um, one thing that I think would be maybe helpful for people, uh, I'm not sure that we've done it on this podcast, but just as we as we talk about uh, the reason that we're here, the, the mission and vision that we have, mm-hmm. just for us as Chapel Street, uh, and how all of these things that we've been talking about plays out for us, um, I think it'd be helpful just just to hear how our vision came to be. Um, what it looks like, we, we talk about being a, a family of neighborhood churches. Mm-hmm. Um, why? why? Why do we want that? What, why is that important? And then, Andrew, I, I'd love to hear for you mm-hmm. as, as one, a leader of one of those neighborhood churches at, at our North Aurora campus, kind of what that looks like for you guys now that you're, are you guys two years in now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost. Wow. That's hard years. to believe. So any direction you guys want to take that, tell some stories, make us excited. <laughs> Well, yeah, Andrew would be the right person to to address this since he's the the newest campus pastor. But um, really, the neighborhood vision was birthed out of a chance to merge the church that's now our Mill Creek campus and relaunch that as a new a new campus. And it, it dawned on us as church leadership that if we're going to make the, the most significant impact for the sake of the gospel, that message we want to be devoted to, mm. it was not by building a giant mega campus, but by reproducing ourselves in neighborhood churches. And that sort of came, uh, God brought that to us. And so the neighborhood church vision is that every individual um, who calls Chapel Street their home is a place of grace, faith, and impact. So we say we want to be a place where people can experience grace, uh, make, grow their faith, and make an impact for right where they are, for where you are. You're wearing the T-shirt right now for Great where you are. Great name for a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for where you are a podcast. Well, that means the church is not the building, uh, it's not the program, it's the it's the people of God uh who are redeemed by his grace and sent by his spirit into the world. So um, that's the neighborhood church vision is you living as, as an outpost. In fact, the name Chapel Street, there's no street called Chapel Street for those that may be confused what? about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea is that every house is a chapel on a street. A chapel is a small house of worship connected to a larger whole. And so 
your home, my home, should be a chapel on its street, yeah. a place of grace, faith, and impact where, right where I am. For those that, are, that I'm, we believe that God has placed us where we live, not just for our own convenience, but for the good of our neighbors yeah. and for the sake of the gospel. Anyway, I'll let Andrew take it from here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, when I think about that with regards to our campus, I think it's important uh, to just reemphasize something that Jeff said, that the family of neighborhood churches is not the campuses. It's not Mill Creek and North Aurora and Kesslinger and South Street. Those those are buildings that we meet at on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. but those aren't the neighborhood churches. The idea is that we would be a family of neighborhood churches, meaning little chapels on their street, your mm-hmm. home, your thing. So when we think about North Aurora, our campus, we had the opportunity, actually came out of two neighbors getting together yep. uh, and saying, hey, we want gospel ministry to be continuing. One of those was a pastor at a church that was kind of shrinking and uh, they were looking to see what was next for them. And so they approached one of their neighbors who was a chapel streeter mm-hmm. and said, hey, would your church ever consider being a part of, of what's going on here and, and kind of coming in, yeah. taking over the building, doing ministry here? Uh, and so that's how North Aurora came to be. And it came to be because we want to keep growing neighborhood churches, meaning we want to reach out to our neighbors in the area. We had a lot of people attending in North Aurora already. uh, And we said, hey, let's let's keep the gospel mission going in our area by Mm -hmm. creating another place for people to gather and to hear the gospel message, but to then go out and build chapels on their own street. So um, Mm -hmm. the heart of North Aurora continues to be, we want to celebrate together as the big church, Chapel Street family, but we also want to be kind of on mission together, reaching out to our neighbors where we are mm-hmm. and continuing to build more chapels on our street and continuing to be the kind of people who our neighbors look on and say, oh man, yeah, I want to learn more about what these guys believe because we feel loved by them. We feel mm-hmm. cared by, for by mm-hmm. them. I'm fired up. Ready to be a good neighbor <laughs> now. Do it. No, that's great. Thank you guys. Um, I do feel like a little bit though that we've been kind of burying the lead here hmm. um, because we haven't talked about Danny's story mm. or or his life or, or yeah. the partnership that we yeah. kind of introduced on on Sunday. Um, and so let's talk about that a little bit for for those that maybe missed. Uh, we heard a story of Danny Flores, who's a pastor in Elgin, and who mm-hmm. met Brian in a hot tub. And I will give. <laughs> Should I give more context? I think no, it's funnier. Probably right it's now. good enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leave it a mystery. <laughs> but just, we, we got to, to hear a little bit of kind of how God worked in his life and, and what he's been doing. Anything that we can share just or yeah. takeaways that you guys have or uh, kind of what we're hoping well, to, yeah. to see happen between our two churches. There'll be more to come on social media that people can watch, but I would encourage those who didn't hear uh, or see, go back and watch the video of the service. You'll see Danny's testimony, um, about an eight minute testimony story, right? Uh, at the end of the sermon, skip over me, go right to Danny. Uh, it's really good. Uh, so Danny Flores is a pastor of a church called R, the letter R church in Elgin. R stands for four Spanish words. Uh, and I don't remember all the words, but the English translations are restore, restart, renew, and refresh. They're reaching, um, it's, it's a Latino church. They're reaching, um, it's Spanish speaking predominantly. They're reaching families that are immigrants, uh, and that are displaced, uh, and they're, and they're really growing fast. They had uh, a vision to start a new church, uh, to launch a campus, you know, or plant a church. But the COVID happened; it didn't work, and they weren't sure where. They're drawing lots of people from uh, North Aurora, from um, even Geneva and Batavia, uh, and they're in Elgin, and so they were sh- they were looking for a place to meet. 
you mentioned this jokingly, but Danny and his wife, Yvette, met Brian and Loreen in a hot tub in Florida. Brian and Loreen were there to speak at a marriage conference for Converge, which is our denomination. And Danny, who is a Converge pastor, was there with his wife for the marriage conference. And they met. And Brian said, hey, when he came back, you should meet this guy. So we did. Um, anyway, long story short, God has aligned us in our hearts and our, our passion for what we just were describing, the Acts 2 church. Mm-hmm to see that happen. And they're doing things that we can't do, reaching people mm-hmm. we can't reach. Mm-hmm. But they can't do what God has called them to do without uh, us. Uh, and so together, uh, we have a vision to launch a new church. So uh, this, to be clear, it's, Capilla, which is Spanish for chapel, is the name of this new church, is not going to be, like they're not, they're not just using our building to have a ser- Spanish service. Chapel Street and our Church of Elgin are joining forces to launch a new church called Capilla. Uh, that'll be, uh, they're meeting monthly already. They've already had uh, people come to faith in Christ there, mm-hmm. but they're going to begin weekly meetings uh, starting in Easter. So a lot more information to come about this. We're super excited uh, that God has aligned our hearts and we have a chance to uh, uh, to do this together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm sure many people are. Uh, we're coming up on time, unfortunately. Can what? Time? Uh, time flies when you're podcasting. I always say that. You should have like a sad button for time. Time. It's, all t- it's time already, Joe. Our time is coming to an end, friends. <laughs> it's been fun, and it's been real. Yes. It hasn't been real. Uh, can you... If that was longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you give us a little sneak peek of what is coming this week in the Pathway to Purpose? Good stuff, yeah. You, I'm doing it? Go ahead. Oh, man. Andrew, what is to come? Well, I'm really excited about it. We So each week now, subsequent to this kind of kickoff, we are going to be zoning in on uh, some of the qualities of what it, it means to be on this Pathway of Purpose, to be uh, pursuing Christ together. And so um, as a church, we've kind of come up with this little very artistic wheel that kind of describes the, wheel. the qualities of a of, of discipleship and of, of pursuing Jesus and we call it the five G life. Six or oh, six G life. What am I talking about? Is six it, G's. I, you this know what is that was? That was it. the stupid five G from the phones that come <laughs> in, your head. in your head. Yes, the six G life. Yeah. So each week we're gonna look at two G's uh, and, and passages passages of scripture that kind of where yeah. those are drawn from. Yep. Uh, and kind of doing a, a an examination of our own hearts and say, okay, how can we travel further into this pathway? How can we look at our lives and say, let's let's grow in our devotion to Christ and his message, to his people, his church, mm-hmm. uh, and to the world around us that needs to hear this yeah. good news. So yeah. we'll be kicking off next week by looking at what it means to share the gospel, which is the first G, and the second G, which is gathering together. Mm-hmm. So I'm you know, there's, to a way, there's a sense in which all these six Gs flow right out of this X2 passage. So really we're going to do over the next three weeks a deeper dive into what those individual believers were doing. Gathering together, sharing the gospel, growing in their personal faith, living in you know life in community and groups. They were giving generously and they were going and serving their neighbors. And so those are the G's and we're going to walk through them all. And there are uh, six, not five. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Don't ignore me. <laughs> no, I don't be distracted yeah. by the 5G in the corner of your phone. This is the 6G life, we're, which is way better. Yeah, we're just one G better than... Everybody else, no big deal. I am excited for it though, because yeah. I'm often asked by people in church, like, I, I want to grow in Christ, but what do I do? How, mm-hmm. how can I do that? This this is going to give you a really great framework for this is yeah. what it looks like to pursue Christ and to grow in your faith is to pursue these six G's, these because right. they should be present in every believer's life. Yeah, get on the pathway. All right. There you go. Here we go. It's time. Okay, is it time? I'm so excited for this one. It's time for Joe Wants to Know. Oh. 
What you know, Joe? I don't know nothing. What you know, Joe? Tell me something. What you know, Joe? This week. What do you want to know? I want to know something just deeply important. Yeah. This is... They're, all, they're always so deep. This is such a ridiculous thing that yeah. people listen to. Uh, I want to preface this by saying that I asked my wife this question. Yes. And we got <laughs> and a little you, bit mad you at were each wrong. other because we disagreed so much. <laughs> and so knowing the three of us, that oh, we'll yeah. probably be very calm and restrained. Oh, yeah, of course. I can't uh, wait for the day that Judy is on this podcast. Yes. My favorite story is uh, what happens when Joe gives the yes, Joe right. wants to know question to Judy. What happened is I thought her answer was so ridiculous that I made fun of her maybe a little too much. So oh. apologies yeah. to my wife if she's listening. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. What Joe wants to know, if you could only eat one type of food forever. Mm-hmm. So you can either choose breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food. And that's all you get for every meal for the rest of your life. Okay. Which one would you pick? Now, to be clear, lunch food yeah. is just Eliminate like, it. Eliminate it's just it. like dinner food, but less. So right? <laughs> it's, it's, like, a, it's a great like question. Like a salad and soup. Is that what lunch food yeah, is? It, yeah. In our discussion, Half sandwich. we decided it was sandwich, <laughs> soup, or salad. The three S's. <laughs> Boring. We have six G's and three S's. Uh, so that's kind of what we decided. Yeah. She made a push for like leftovers. Like you have leftovers for dinner, for lunch. I felt like that was cheating. Yeah. In, in which case, you want dinner then. You want dinner food for the... All, That's what I said. Go. Yeah. Uh, so. Leftovers. Yeah. Andrew, why don't you lead us off? What's your pick? Well, I alternate between the two. I love breakfast food. I love bacon. I love scrambled eggs. Yep. All that good stuff. Pancakes. Do you love blood pudding? I, I actually... when For those who don't know what blood pudding is, blood it's fried pudding. pig's blood that British people eat. And you hear about it and you go, yeah, that's a no from me. But then you eat it because someone or, tricks you or, or into you eating don't. it. Because that's what happened to me. Someone tricked me into eating it. They were like, oh yeah, it's breakfast sausage. That's my thought for this. And I went, no, it's good. It's okay. good. Right. It's shockingly good. How about porridge? So is, so is breakfast your pick? Uh, I, th- I think I might land on breakfast... Uh, but it de- it depends what the di- dinner. There's so many good dinner items. I'm torn, so I'm gonna you, you, I'm gonna straddle the fence on this one. No, you, you, have have make, no. you, you can't be so indecisive on the podcast. And just plant your flag and stay and stay with it. Then I'm gonna go with breakfast. I think. Oh, I think. that's not what I was expecting. I've never seen Andrew more like in anguish. I like he's trying I to just, decide. I like food. I like food too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jack Black in School of Rock. I like food. Is that a crime? No, great no reference. One, no one's seen that. No, incredible. Love it. I would take breakfast because you can you can incorporate dinner food into breakfast food, but you can't do the other way around. Yes, you can get steak and eggs. You yes. can you can get uh, chicken and waffles. You can do certain things at breakfast food that that uh, you can you can smuggle some dinner food in there. But and I realize that I'm going to give up some things. But if I have to choose, I'm choosing breakfast food. That the, that's why I love working here at Chapel he, Street because that was reason. my exact reasoning, and I made the same decision. Steak and eggs, you can you're you're fine. Yeah. You got it all. Yeah. Breakfast is the correct answer. You have breakfast for dinner, and it's like a treat. Yes. You never have so dinner I, for I breakfast. Say, it's no. just sad. No. The one reason, another reason why I would choose breakfast in America is because breakfast food in America is actually just dessert. Like the amount of no, no. There's two kinds of breakfast food. This is another question for a future episode. Mm-hmm. When it comes to breakfast food, sweet or savory? Yes, right. Yep. Are you a pancakes and waffles person, or are you an eggs and bacon person? Yeah, but, but you, if it was all you ate, you could switch it up. You could do both. It never yeah. occurred to me at all when I was living in England to, hey, you know what I'm going to have for breakfast? Is a big pile of waffles with some syrup on top. That's dessert. That's not breakfast. 
Oh, oh, pancakes, man. That's all. That's what you Anything eat is breakfast following you your dinner. You have scones and stuff with <laughs> butter and jelly and sweets. No, no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, no, I do know. I've been to England. I've had them. <laughs> Listen, oh, you went on your two trips, and now you're all set. Yeah. You got it all down. There was a scone. There are scones. scones are more of like a second breakfast item, you know? Like you have breakfast and then you, you have <laughs> a later, you have breakfast. a brunch at 11. You have some scones then. I, I, second I, breakfast, 11sies? Amongst the common British well, man, the no one's sitting right. down at, at 9 a.m. in the average British home and saying, let's have some scones with jelly. They're saying, let's, let's have some eggs, let's have some bacon, let's have some beans, some toast. Beans. <laughs> beans, good stuff. <laughs> that's the second boo so we all ended on breakfast that's right we breakfast. Did. breakfast so Judy said lunch which I think is crazy Brett Davis our wonderful producer said dinner and well, he said yeah. that he regularly eats dinner food for breakfast no like I, what do we what do we, you what had pizza for breakfast I, I, I didn't know how to respond. Leftover pizza? Because or like, I need Brett for this podcast, but I <laughs> Brett's over there with his smirky face and his headphones right now looking at us like I just, he is. I'm just trying to imagine waking him in the morning and seeing him just sat there tucking himself into a nice ribeye. You make it like a beef stroganoff <laughs> for breakfast? Like cold pizza is one thing. We've all been there, but yeah. just regularly That's a sad dinner. life, though, like I'm for breakfast That's eating cold pizza. Yeah. I like to imagine him dressed to the nines, too. He's like in a tuxedo <laughs> yeah. at breakfast time. It's 7 a.m. It's like a full cost dinner. wearing a three-piece suit. There's like glassware and yeah. everything. Yes, he's making pasta. He's making his own sauces. <laughs> <laughs> I could actually see that a little bit. Okay, well, we settled that. Breakfast food is the best food. Uh, and we had talked about other important things, too. So it's good. That's Thank right. you, guys. Very important. And thanks for listening to the Ferrero Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And share this with a friend. If it has helped you in your faith journey, we will talk to you soon.